Hi everyone, and welcome to the 212th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. What's up, man? I'm exhausted. <laughs> but finally, I get to have a couple days off. Yeah. To myself. Yeah, I can say, yeah, very relatable out here, because, uh... We're getting to the end of the school year because Japanese school year ends in uh ends in March, well end of March. So yeah, classes have been ramping up. The uh, third years, who are the highest grade in middle school, they are you know experiencing a lot more stress because they have to take entrance exams to get into high school, and yeah, it's this whole big uh, rigmarole of mess. So, yeah, I can definitely uh, relate to the busyness. Uh, But uh, outside of the busyness, uh, I've been playing some games. Uh, I've been playing, uh, well, I I just finished again playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then now, uh, again, playing Final Fantasy VII, which is available on Game Pass for, for, well, for free, I say, but you pay Game Pass, so... Not for free, I guess. Well, you forgot uh, you need the quotes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm playing uh, Original 7 in English on my Xbox and in Japanese on my uh, PlayStation 4 simultaneously. There you go. So, getting in some good study practice there. Um, also, let's see, I started up playing a little bit of 13 Sentinels, as recommended by, uh, Smash Brothers' own Masahiro Sakurai and Nier Automata's own Yoko Taro, because apparently they both really like that game. Um, for those who don't know, uh, 13 Sentinels is kind of like a visual novel adventure kind of a game, but... Uh, made by the people that made, like, I think Odin Sphere and Muramasa, so it's got this really interesting side-scrolling style with, like, these characters that are really crazily animated, but they're just these 2D paintings that, like, sort of, like, squish and move around. It's... I'm describing it poorly, but it actually looks really good. So, I would at least suggest, um... If visual novels interest you, uh, particularly if you're interested at all in like Persona, um, this might be up your alley. That being said, I've only played about 30 minutes of this experience, so I really can't speak too much on how good it is because I've literally only experienced uh, about uh, 5% of what this game has to offer, so... Uh, uh, maybe my next podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know more definitively. But uh, Churro, uh, ha- have you been playing anything cool recently? I started a Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that, that going? Free on PSN. I got it. I got it, but like barely at the third into the game, and okay, it's actually pretty fun. I like the new uh, like like going into cover. Yeah, you can now like and like extend to like since the whole majority of the game takes place in the jungle. So yeah, like you have no more ways to like conceal yourself. You can like rub yourself in mud and yeah, and just uh, you know, and just hide in brushes and stuff. That's actually pretty cool. I like it. Did you play the uh, the 2013 Tomb Raider? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, I was doing a series on the uh, on my Twitch channel where I was oh, okay. playing the original uh, reboot and then yeah. the Rise of the Tomb Raider. And now, now you're I'm playing in this one, Shadow. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now, now you're in Shadow. Okay, so of the three, uh, you know, so far of what you've played, you know, which one have you liked the most so far? Definitely Rise. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard is Rise is, m- might be the best one. Because it, it's an improvement over the first one, and the story is like a more personal turn for Lara Croft. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, that's kind of the, the vibes that I've been getting. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Rise of the Tomb Raider was made by Crystal Dynamics, and that was the last one they made. And then the other one was like, or, or, uh, I think Shadow, the most recent one. I think that's Idos Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. Is Something it? like that. I think so. I don't know, because I think when they were making Shadow, that's when Crystal Dynamics moved on to start making the Avengers game. I think that's what happened. If I'm okay, not mistaken. Makes sense. But yeah, uh, yeah, still, yeah, uh, that, that's that's good to hear. I, I yeah, I, I've definitely like I've kept the Tomb Raider series like in in the corner of my eye always. I haven't played any of the uh, more uh, recent games, but I've definitely heard a lot of good stuff about it and actually my uh my previous mentor she worked on that series so i feel kind of like obligated at some point that i need to go back and actually like play it um i think she actually no i think specifically she worked on uh shadow because i think there's this guy that is in shadow that he's like because i think i remember seeing it in like her portfolio it's like a guy that has like um he looks like he's maybe like South, I say Southeast Asian, but like Polynesian, and he's got you know maybe a little bit heavier set, and he's got like a a ponytail. Oh, like you mean Jonah? But yeah, she made that guy. Oh, really? Yeah that that was her, that was one of her characters. I don't know what parts of him she made, but yeah, uh, I, but yeah, I I, I really want to get to that uh, at some point, but we'll see. Uh, have so much on my plate right now but uh yeah anyway for you new folks kingdom hearts union is part of the podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom hearts union and is presented by the gaming union network we release every tuesday rotating each week with final fantasy union and we come out on the itunes store spotify kingdom hearts union.com and kingdom hearts union's twitter which is at cage union so we have a two segment show today um back at it again with the uh news segment this this time the uh the we're, question... we're, gonna call, we're gonna be calling that the entire year <laughs> yeah yeah probably uh so uh the question mark this time is uh we'll just say it's like bold and italicized <laughs> like real emphasis on the question mark of the news well though to be honest there there actually is one part of the news that is actual real farm-raised Kingdom Hearts news. It is actual news, I promise. I do have one piece of news. The other two pieces of news fall under the question mark bracket, so you you guys can be the judge. And then last, we have our question segment, which some, with some really, actually, really nice questions this time. 
Um, and yeah, anyway, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode's uh, for this episode are as follows: We have Louis James, Zach Toronto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yun Ray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjian, Miles Ribbons, Billy Jackson, who is at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre Twenty Three, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes Twenty Two. Yam Potato and Terrific. Take these last ones. We've got Noah Littrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bialy, Joshua Jensen, who is at The Canterbus, Fire Stella, Lauren Luscombe, Tim Michael Byrne, who's at Phoenix 02SA, Marco Liliu, and Timmy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as we've been saying for these past few episodes, just so you know, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. And that also includes everything up until that point of Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. So just fair warning. Now, moving on to our news segment. Our first bit of uh, news, I guess, is, uh, hey, we've had uh, the anniversary, again, of Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 is two years old. Yay. Can you believe that, Churl? That's already been two years? Like, man. I mean, I think we're also experiencing a little bit of COVID time here, so maybe, maybe that's a part of it. But wow, two years already, man. It's... Very strange, because I remember when we were counting the days down for it. Yeah. And now it's two years after. It's like, we are now in a post-Kingdom Hearts 3 world. Yeah. Uh, two two years into it, in fact. And that's, yeah, that's crazy. And not not only that, but also uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Uh, also, um, uh, one year old already, as of, uh, yeah, as of last year. So that's uh, that's another notch in our belt for being in this post kingdom hearts three world like that's uh yeah i, I mean uh, amazing uh churro how do you feel about kingdom hearts three af- after these two years have passed ha- ha- have your feelings on it changed at all over the years or do you feel mostly the same still mostly the same I, yeah you know it's it's i, st- I still love it yeah still. me too Still wish uh, I could go back and play the game again, like right, for the yeah. first time. Yeah, same. Yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, my feelings haven't changed on it. I, I would say, um, you know, uh, speaking back to the fact that you know I just recently played uh, Seven Remake, uh, I feel like my feelings on that game have changed quite a bit from when I first played it. Uh, more positively, I like it a lot more now than when I first played it. And then for Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, I've played it a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it the first time, still like it the second time, like Remind. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, it uh, hasn't improved or uh, gotten worse at all from playing it again. It, uh, I guess, you know, the, the only things that, you know, thinking back on it, things that I, you know, I still wish could have been or 
was slightly, you know, a little disappointed by is mostly just like more long-term stuff for re- replayability or side content. I feel like maybe compared to prior Kingdom Hearts games, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is quite quite light on the side content. I mean, yeah, we do now have Reminds and you have those, you know, the uh, the uh, data battles that's, you know, clearly a big uh addition. Uh, but I, I'm mostly thinking in lines of things like, you know, the Coliseum and that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, n- not important by any means. Like, I want new Kingdom Hearts games that that more than I want a Coliseum for Kingdom Hearts 3. So, I, c- I can totally understand that situation. But, uh, yeah, two years, man, and one year for Remind. Who knows where, where this is going to lead next? Yep, it can uh, go anywhere. Yeah, I will. Maybe not much this year, but at least next year. Which, uh, yeah, that uh, we're getting close to uh, another anniversary. Which next month will be the you know uh, every year annual anniversary of the main Kingdom Hearts series, uh, Kingdom Hearts One, and uh, I guess also Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, moving on from there, uh, we have an interesting. Uh, bit of quote-unquote news so apparently there's this uh thing i don't know this this was apparently news back in 2019 we clearly ignored it because it was not that important or critical to know but uh so apparently scholastic books you know that american book brand for schools uh has some sort of deal to make some like middle school grade novel series about kingdom hearts like an actual fiction series um, that would uh, star a new cast of heroes going on new adventures. Uh, I assume this would probably not be canon by any means, Uh, but apparently uh, it was supposed to come out in May of 2020, yet that never happened. And then, uh, yeah, some guy on Twitter basically just, like, uh, tweeted at the author that was uh, listed for this particular book and was like, hey, so uh, what's up with the Kingdom Hearts novel? And she straight up just was like, sorry, it's on hold due to the pandemic. And, uh, I mean, I mean, not not to judge or anything, I'm just wondering, like, um, what does the pandemic have to do with writing a book? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, at the very least, writing the book. I could understand, like, okay, maybe printing the book, shipping the book. I don't know. Like, it seems like you can print and ship stuff. Still, uh, I'm not quite sure what aspect of the pandemic specifically would slow it down. Um, Churro, oh. what, what what is your take on all of this? I don't know, like, the way it's set to star a cast, new cast of heroes, it's like, to me, I find that kind of fishy, because it's like, A, did Disney, or did Nomura sign off on this? Yeah. You know, maybe, because remember, originally when there was supposed to be a animated series, back when the first game came out, yeah, it kind of got scrapped because of there being a sequel. Yeah. So it's like did they and that was this... disney developing it themselves not like disney yeah. with a third party yeah so my question is did like disney turn around and, and told this author that oh 
this can't be released because of Nomura-san saying no. So yeah. could they just say be saying that as a way to not be... Because since they're not able to say something like that, yeah. they have to say something like this as a way to say it's been delayed. I guess, you know, sort of going off on that, I could see a project like this being greenlit by people that don't know much about Kingdom Hearts and how strict it is. And then later, after they've gotten maybe further into the project than they should have, uh, probably went through the proper channels to see about getting approval because I'm, I'm assuming in good faith that they were always attempt they would always attempt to get approval on it. They weren't just going to make some fan fiction and just publish it without getting the proper approval. But I think they probably didn't realize what kind of series this was that they were getting into and then probably maybe wrote a treatment for it and then submitted that for approval and then the people that actually know the situation was like, "Uh, that's probably not going to work and maybe maybe it's not canceled yet maybe it's still just in like limbo but basically is just going to be canceled that's kind of uh my feelings on it i know though recently that uh and i think there was even a question about it recently on the show that scholastic does have the rights to put out stuff related to kingdom hearts and they put out some sort of like character guidebook recently about the kingdom hearts series that was like a little dubious in terms of like how canon the explanations were but you know a lot of disney characters so who cares but scholastic did put out a book relating to kingdom hearts 3 in recent years so it's not like totally unheard of that they would be able to, you know, put out another book relating to Kingdom Hearts, but yeah, like you were saying Churro, like anything that involves like creating a new story, it's just like uh uh been here, done that. We've seen this sort of thing before and we know how Square Enix is going to treat that, you know. This is Nomura's baby and no one else's. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, even Disney, you know, a lot of times don't really do much out of respect for Nomura. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. On certain occasions. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I personally, so I don't expect this to come out. True. Do you think this is ever going to, like, see the light of day? It probably will. Probably. If not this year, probably next year. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so so those are two two of our news topics. Our last one is actually news for you know people that uh, are interested in this particular game. Uh, Union Cross in Japan has seemed to finally be entering the last stage of the Sugar Rush world. Uh, Sugar Rush being the Racket Ralph world. So hypothetically speaking if they finish up the Wreck-It Ralph storyline then they could potentially move on back to the main story so it hey, could be that's a possibility I mean and my question is like what else I mean unless they can int- introduce another world yeah what are they gonna do are we going back to Agrabah <laughs> yeah let's go back to Agrabah find stuff in the sand 
Yeah. You know, I, I, man, I, I'm really missing uh, Wonderland. That's where I want to go. <laughs> Let's bring Wonderland back. Uh, yeah, that game in Agrabah and Wonderland. It's nonstop. But yeah, Chiro, I man, I can't imagine what they would do. I, I mean, I guess in theory they could do another new world based off of a world kind of you know, kind of like how Wreck-It Ralph was of a. a world we haven't seen yet is there any disney movie that you would like to see done with union cross style uh that we haven't seen yet or maybe a world that's been done in kingdom hearts already but hasn't been done as a union cross world yet i would love to see um something from dream drop distance (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. What would be good from Dream Drop Distance? Uh, well, I would love. To, I would actually honestly would love to see, since since they're in within a video game, you know? Yeah. I would love to see another Tron. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Tron would be good. Yep, that, that's a good one. Tron would be good. I, I could actually go for, and, and this is like one of my favorite worlds, you know, pl- after playing it a couple of times later, and maybe not my first time, but I really like it now, is the uh, the Three Musketeers world? I don't. I know it's not like a huge, like super important, like property for Disney, but I just really love all the backstory that it gave Donald, Goofy, and Mickey. Like I just love that side of it, and I know that it's it's probably not like a story that's really ripe for a lot of adventures, but I don't know. I I really did like that world. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, I don't know, I guess they could do Pinocchio or Hunchback or I, I I mean, I can't see them do Fantasia like Fantasia. I I do understand, but I just see like, it's too old. I think, I think that that it's too old of a movie that I don't think anybody would really care about it and doesn't like. It doesn't star like iconic characters, so like it's not like you could really make new medals based off of it other than like Chernabog, so yeah, I just I just can't see Fantasia really doing it. So yeah, I I, I agree. I think probably the biggest one out of uh Dream Drop Distance would probably be uh Tron. Um Maybe the Hunchback. I, yeah, Hunchback, that would also work. Um, I, I think maybe other than that, like if they did another world that uh, hasn't been featured in a Kingdom Hearts game yet, uh, I guess like, you know, Coco or Zootopia, they've already had like, you know, collaboration deals with Kingdom Hearts in the past with, a you know, Unchained Key slash Union Cross in the past. I just wonder, though, Charo, do you think having a world in Union Cross would keep it from being used in a future Kingdom Hearts game? Like a like a real console game? Like I don't see why it would be, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean we, we, we don't have anything really to compare it to, but I, I would really hate for example, that now that we have this Wreck-It Ralph world, that now we're just not allowed to have a Wreck-It Ralph world in, in like a mainline Kingdom Hearts game. 
I mean, it's still possible. I mean, you still got the sequel. Yeah, the, 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 yeah that's true. There is still the sequel, but I, I wonder for like movies like like for Coco, for example, if they did a Coco world for Union Cross, which I think that would be beautiful because Coco has such a amazing like color palette and such a cool looking world and art style everything about coco is so cool same with zootopia like everything about zootopia is so beautiful that i would love to see it in the union cross style but if that meant that we wouldn't get to see it in a proper 3d kingdom hearts game then that would make me really apprehensive and i, I guess i wouldn't want to see that then so yeah, I don't know exactly how that would work, but yeah, that that is something that I do consider and think about when you know these sorts of uh, worlds get announced. But didn't didn't Nomura also say that like we're entering the final cha- chapter for Union Cross, and isn't it like probably like the big reveal? Yeah, of, like the relation with darkness and, and yeah. Maleficent's plot, you know. And then you have the entire what the four what the new dandelions were doing. Yep. What happened with them? Yeah, I mean everything about this. I sort of feel like you know this is all supposed to tie in with what is going to be announced next year at the big event. So maybe just for now, like timing wise, they don't want to like you know blow everything that they have so quickly but maybe just uh maybe later as we get closer to next year maybe we'll start getting some big uh big reveals over the course of the year yeah but yeah these days i'm kind of feeling like union cross is like our like main hope for new kingdom hearts content uh, that that and Dark Road, of course. Which Dark Road? It seems like Dark Road hasn't gotten a a story update in a while, so maybe maybe that'll get one soon. So uh, yeah, next, uh, moving on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Dennis Mack, and Dennis asks, "Hey, Kingdom Hearts Union, I've been a fan of Kingdom Hearts since the beginning, but I'm a little worried. I'm not sure if I'll continue with the series." I like Kingdom Hearts 3 and all, but after the uh but after the ending, I felt like this series is just never going to end. Sora will never find peace as long as this series continues. It just feels like what's the point of all of this, you know? I was wondering what you uh what you guys feel about this and does the burnout go away? Some big uh big questions, Churro. Uh you know that's how series continues. You know, yeah. By giving them another task to do, it's as the saying goes: like a hero's work is never done. Yeah. So you know, Namaro's always stated that Kingdom Hearts is Sora's story, and it's not gonna change. Yeah. So quite frankly, Sora's unfortunately gonna have to continue his journey. You yeah. Know? And you know. Until Nomura is actually done saying he's not going to work on Kingdom Hearts, then I'm sure that'll be that'll be it for it. Because I don't yeah. think he will want anybody else to continue it. Yeah, I, I think so too. So, and as to your question, what's the point of this? It's the point is just to sell more copies. 
<laughs> that <laughs> is bus- so it's true. It's a business. It's a business. So what do you think they're supposed to do? Yeah. You know, fans love this and they're eating it up, you know, so we, Nomura's got to keep going with it, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. he apparently, it's basically, it's like a Disney, it's like a Star Wars to him. So he's doing it that way. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, you know, I don't feel any burnout. You know, it's to me, it's great because, like, except, you know, where we have to come on this podcast and find news when there isn't any, but, you know, it's kind of nice because, like, you know, not only just us as fans, but them as developers get to take a break from it. Yeah. So, exactly. I think, you know, I, I do sympathize with the idea that, yeah, it is a little bit to some extent when you really think about it long term, like, it is a little bit unsatisfying the idea that like Sora is just constantly suffering (laughs) always constantly being thrown into these terrible situations to suffer so it just keeps going and going and going and going just never ends so I do sympathize with that um but I also just think about it as like okay well yeah that's like you said Churro this is how the series continues is when Sora has to go on these new adventures um yeah, I, you know, I uh, I also think, like, yeah, you know, if you're feeling burnt out on the series, just take a break from it. Like, maybe this is how you feel about it now, but maybe later, after a few years, and if, you know, you're not, you don't think about it so much and play other, more, you know, interesting games that are having new releases now, when Kingdom Hearts does have a new release, maybe you'll be ready for it then. Yeah, I mean... It's okay to take a break. Like nothing's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, you know, nothing's even gonna even happen. even if Square Enix decides to drop a lot of news from now until you know the next Kingdom Hearts game, it's okay to still take a break. Yeah, come, why not? The game's not gonna go anywhere. So come exactly. back. Well, we as a fans will welcome you back. Absolutely. So I think that's probably, to be honest, that's probably the biggest mel- uh, uh, remedy for burnout is just take a break. You could take a break from games in general or just this one, and there's lots of really great games out there. So a lot a lot of great stuff you could play. Yeah, it's like like we both love Kingdom Hearts, but we do find enjoyment in other games. That's what yeah. makes us gamers. Absolutely. Alright, and uh sure, if you could take this next one. This one's from Adam Mullet, and they write I've got a friend that likes games, and I want to introduce him to the to the series. Nothing is really going on right now with Kingdom Hearts, though. Is it a good time to introduce them? So, yeah, I guess that's an interesting question. I think, you know, what's going on with the series as a whole probably shouldn't really determine whether or not you introduce Kingdom Hearts to your friend. Um, You know, because ultimately, if they really want to get into the series as a whole they would have to play a ton of games anyway. So this being kind of a void in the uh, like the hype cycle actually is kind of a, a, maybe a good opportunity, to be honest, because they can just focus on the main games. Um, you know, and, and you could just tell them, like, all you need to tell them is, yeah, it's a, this, is, this is a series that is an ongoing series. There's a lot of games you can play. Start with Kingdom Hearts 1. If you like it, I'll tell you what to play next. And, you know, we can go through this together. And um, 
if you uh, continue to like it and you and you keep wanting to play more, just so you know, there'll be more, uh, you know, things announced as of next year. So, you know, you don't have to feel like this is a series that is going to leave you hanging. So I guess like the only thing that I could think of off the top of my head that would actually benefit specifically a person looking to get into the series uh in a time like this is since the kingdom Hearts series really doesn't have any big releases happening what you might instead find is a lot of sales of the older games so this might be a good time financially speaking to get into kingdom hearts especially now that they're going out to sale like i've been seeing the uh the entire collection from kingdom hearts 1 to kingdom hearts 3 minus remind being on sale, thirty bucks. I seen it go as low yeah. as twenty five, and that's so like then, then you just drop remind. You know that's another what twenty thirty dollars. Yeah. So you could you could buy buy the entire series for fifty bucks. That's crazy, man. After all the money we spent on the series for fifty bucks, you could have the whole thing. Yep. And not only that, like if you uh, if you just get into Game Pass, like basically all the games are on there. Oh, you know, again, apart from remind, but. Yeah, that's another option. Like, there's so many options right now that are out there that are real cheap. So, uh, I guess in that respect, then yes, it is a good time because it's cheap right now. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, th- that covers uh, that one. And yeah, last question. This one comes from Rare Fedora, and they ask, other than Kingdom Hearts, what other game series comes close? to meaning as much as Kingdom Hearts does to you? Hmm. That's, a, that's actually a really good question. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I would have to probably have to say... Um, Series-wise, I would say Final Fantasy, because that's where it started yeah. for me. Really? Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Final Fantasy IX being my favorite one, you know, and then, you know, every back when I was, you know, growing up with Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, 11, 12, it's like, and then Kingdom Hearts coming around that time, it's like, it made me appreciate how much I enjoy, you know, Square Enix's storytelling. Yeah, when for sure. Games. So, it's, it's, so it's, and then, it's like, I, I would say Persona, but I've only played Persona 5, so it's like... That yeah. doesn't count. That's, so yeah, it's, with, it, it's a more recent thing, so that's understandable. So with you know, I have a, I have a long history with Square Enix and Final Fantasy, so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna definitely agree with you there. I'll just say like on the whole, it, it's and I, I'm sure you can agree with this, Churro. It's really hard to match the amount of impact that you know kingdom hearts as a series has had on our lives just because uh it's affected us beyond just playing the games and uh, you know at least for me i'm partially in you know partially in the situation that i'm in currently like physically living in another country and you know experiencing all the things that i'm experiencing now as a result of all the things that I've been able to do with relation to Kingdom Hearts. So because of that, it's really hard to like match that level of impact because for other games, I may like them as much, but I didn't have that experience with those games, you know, of, you know, 
traveling to you know different events and interviewing famous game developers and stuff like that like that has been an experience that i've been i've had the gracious opportunity to have uh through the kingdom hearts series and i've i haven't personally had that experience with other games so that being said all that being said i would absolutely say just like you churro final fantasy is probably uh the biggest one for me um i think i'll take it slightly uh a little bit further um even though this game is a little bit of a weird pick because technically it doesn't exist and never came out but i'm just gonna say final fantasy versus 13 like in terms of like how much i was super into it and really wanted that thing to happen and was really hyped for it and i kept that hype alive throughout the whole final fantasy 15 hype cycle it's what led me to like uh pouring my heart and soul into like pumping out a really uh you know uh, uh, uh an illustration for that uh that uh fan calendar for the uncovered final fantasy 15 event you know i i spent a long time talk made a lot of friends uh in the community that was waiting for that i actually met it was really weird i met one of those people that i used to talk to back on the old uh neogaf forums i met him here in japan because he actually got the same placement in nagasaki that i got or at least in the same prefecture and he was like wait are you brandon like yeah Okay, so that that I guess that one was kind of a uh, an interesting one. So it, it kind of made me feel less uh on my lonesome out here in Japan when uh coming here for the first time. Um So yeah, I would say Final Fantasy versus 13 specifically. And I'm not saying Final Fantasy 15 because yeah. as much as I I I do appreciate the game and I appreciate it you know, and a lot of things that it was able to do, and at least it did come out, but it's not the game that I was hyped for. Like the game that caused me to have all that hype and all that stuff that I was uh, waiting for was what Nomura's vision was for that project. And, you know, little by little, for better and for worse, that stuff was taken away from Final Fantasy 15, you know, little by little. And while, yeah, there, there's a lot of aspects of Final Fantasy XV that I, I really did enjoy at the end of the day, but the stuff that I have been that I had been waiting for, namely Nomura's ideas and vision for the story, that just unfortunately never came to be. Um, but tying it back to Kingdom Hearts, now with a, you know, everything that happened in uh, Kingdom Hearts three and Remind. You know, it kind of like breathes in a new breath of fresh air. Like, oh man, we could actually go back to those ideas, that concept a little bit uh, through Kingdom Hearts now. So it's, yeah, I I guess in in a weird way, it kind of looped back into Kingdom Hearts. Um, I guess apart from Kingdom Hearts uh, and Final Fantasy, even though, yeah, those are huge. Um yeah, I would say probably, you know, just like Uchiro, probably Persona would come, like, close after that. I, I can't really think of 
too many series beyond that. Like there's a, there's a lot of games that I really love, but I really haven't experienced much of the series. Like for example, I really love Xenoblade, but I haven't really played that much of Xenoblade 2 and I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles X and you know it, it's a you know I'm not as into that series as I am with the Final Fantasy series where I've played so many different games and same with Kingdom Hearts like I guess the uh, the only other series that I that comes to mind that I've played a ton of the games would probably be Pokemon to be honest. I was going to say Pokemon. Right? <laughs> Cuz like yeah. that that's that's a series that I know for sure I've played a lot of the games. Uh Grand Theft Auto, I've played, you know, quite a few of the games. Um And for me, like one of the games that I want to mention is actually for those who see me stream is Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh Even yeah. it's not a series. Yeah. It's like a game that has a very simple, you know, plot, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's impacted me a lot. That's why I turned to the modding community for the game. And these fans have created such wonderful stories with these characters. You know, it's impacted me a lot. Like, it's like, I've actually cared for these girls. Yeah. It's like, and this, despite their, all their flaws, it's like, they're so adorable. <laughs> And yeah. you just want to save them. Right. Yeah, I, t- I totally get that because, like, yeah, in uh, in the case of, yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club, there's this, yeah, wonderful modding community that constantly creates new content for it. So in a weird way, it almost, like, is a series in itself because of the fan community, you know, that's around it. I kind of feel like in a uh, in a weird way, and it almost like ties back to the first question or in our question segment where he was talking about how he's feeling burnout. Um, you know, that's kind of where Persona came for me because you know when I first played Persona Four Golden, uh, that was back in I want to say like 2012, 2013 was when I was starting to play it. And, uh, I think I really got into it in 2013, but, you know, back at that time, you know, that's coming at the tail end of the PlayStation three, uh, you know, life cycle. That was a generation that just did not have a lot of stuff for JRPG fans like us and having a series show up and is this really bold style, very high energy and unabashedly a JRPG. It was like a breath of fresh air to finally have that. And no, it wasn't like this crazy production like I was used to from like Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy X, where it's crazy CG and uh, overwhelming orchestral scores. And it wasn't like that. It was a very different type of thing. But I really love the vibe and the characters and the world. And, you know, kind of like how you're talking about with, you know, the girls from Doki Doki Literature Club. You can't help but feel, you know, really attached to these characters. It feels like they really grow on you. And like, this is a, a friend group that you never knew. And, you know, uh, you know, Persona was really, really great for that. So I guess, you know, maybe a distant third would be, you know, from Final Fantasy would be Persona. Oh, I guess, you know, another one, uh, which is probably, you know, not a surprise for anybody that's listened to the podcast, but probably the, the Yakuza series, to be yeah, honest. I was, I was like surprised you didn't bring that up. Yeah, the Yakuza series. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, yeah, thinking about the Yakuza series, like, yeah, it's it, it, it has been really interesting playing it because 
I started playing it here while I've been living here in Japan. So in in some ways, it's been like very helpful to me because it helps me understand better the place that I'm living in. Uh, you know, all the games, well, except for Yakuza 7, but I haven't played that yet. Um, uh, you know, all the games have Japanese voice acting by default. So you, uh, you know, I, I can hear the Japanese and I can see the subtitles in English. And I, you know, through playing them, I actually started to recognize stuff that was in my day that I could see in my daily life stores that were like real stores in the Yakuza games. And I would learn about stuff in the Yakuza games and then be able to actually go outside here in Japan and actually apply that knowledge that I gained from Yakuza in my real life. So it was, it was pretty interesting as like a, almost like a tutorial for Japan in a weird way, because it's a game about the Japanese mafia. So you're not supposed to learn everything from Yakuza, but I did learn quite a bit. So, yeah, I guess in a weird way, you know, the Yakuza series was very helpful. Um, and I guess in the same way, like Persona was like that for me, almost like before, but for before I came to Japan, because especially with Persona 4, because like the town in Persona 4, Inaba, is basically like pretty much exactly like the town that I live in now. So. Like, there's literally a street, like, if you know the, like, the main shopping district street in Persona, I have a street basically exactly like that. They have the shrine on the right. They've got the liquor store on the left. Like, all of that, I have that here. Like, I have literally a road just like that shopping district street. And in our town, we have a gas station just like the gas station that's on that shopping district street, so... Yeah, everything about Persona 4, like, looking back at it now, it's like, man, I guess that was kind of like a preview for my life here a little bit, so. But yeah, that was was a a, a good question, so yeah, I I guess that uh, Final Fantasy number one, probably Persona and Yakuza after that. Cool. Alrighty, so yeah, I think that's pretty much everything we have for this episode. It was a bit light, but hey, that's the that's the world we live in now. I guess the moral of the story now is find good games and play good games. There's a lot of great ones out there, and if that's Kingdom Hearts, that's a good time too. All right, so uh, anyway, uh, for our music for this episode, we've got a, a really nice cover today of the Daybreak Town theme song on piano by Moises Nieto, which we've had his music a few times on the podcast, and I I just was, like, looking through all the different Kingdom Hearts covers he's done, and he's got a lot on his YouTube channel, and just saw, like, wow, Daybreak Town. I don't think we've ever had uh, a cover of any, uh, like, Union Cross slash Unchained Key music before, so... It's rare. Yeah, it's rare. Uh, Not many people cover it. So, yeah, I figured that would be a great one for this episode uh our next episode of kingdom hearts union is scheduled for the 16th of february and uh yeah as always if you guys like the show please consider subscribing to final fantasy and kingdom hearts union on the itunes store just search for kingdom hearts and we're number one yay and of course you can catch every episode at kingdomheartsunion.com spotify or kingdom hearts union's twitter which is at cage union 
And, of course, if you'd like to support the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you have any questions, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl. It's that time again. It is goodbye time. All right. We did it. We did it. Another year down, Churro. Kingdom Hearts 3 is uh, two years old. I still can't believe it. It's just... Yeah. can't believe it's been that long already. Right? It's crazy. And then pretty much next year, it's going to be three years when we get more news again. So... Churro, what do you think they're going to do for Kingdom Hearts and the PlayStation 5? Do you think they're just going to leave it at how it is? <laughs> or are they going to release... Or... Okay, so here's the thing. There's been a lot of companies that have been doing like um like a PlayStation 5 slash, you know, just like a next gen patch for their old game where they'll just like slightly update it or unlock the frame rate, boost the resolution, do something simple and then just do that. Or there've been other companies that have, you know, actually released a brand new version, a brand new game on the PlayStation 5. Depends on how much time they have and what their teams are doing. I think, in reality, if they want to work on whatever new they're planning, they might as well take the easy route and just release a patch. Yeah. I kind of feel now, though, um, because the, like, more performance mode for Kingdom Hearts already has the frame rate unlocked. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of people getting, like, locked 60 FPS on PlayStation 5 and, uh, an Xbox Series X, so maybe that's maybe just leaving it alone. Maybe that's the option. I mean, they did such a good job already on the PS4 yeah, Pro, right? That's basic. That's basically what these patches are, anyway. Like a, a lot of these patches, it's literally just like they'll take whatever their PlayStation 4 Pro patch was, and maybe they'll just like unlock the frame rate, or if the uh, if the resolution cap used to be uh, 1800p. They might like bump it up to a full 4K and just do that and leave it alone. So, yeah, I guess we'll uh, see how that goes. But uh, yeah, anyway, Charles, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.